Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mino Line Media presents the Business First Podcast. Hi, all, and welcome to a new episode of Business First with Sonia Aline. I am your host. And today, we have the pleasure of welcoming Tiffany Hauser into the studio. She is the founder of Evolve and the Self-Worth Advantage. How are you, Tiffany? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Sonia. Yeah. Thank you for being here. And um, you are in the business of coaching and helping professionals get to their better selves and become better professionals in the workforce. What was it about the industry and what you were interested in that made you think that this was going to be a, a good opportunity for you or that it needed someone like you in the space? Yeah, what a great question, Sonia, because I did not think anything like that. I came from uh, the space of unfulfilled and just not feeling that I had a purpose or a calling and that I was just working to work. And so at the time, I was a soul cycle instructor and uh, a lot of people would come up to me after class asking me, you know, how they can eat better, sleep better, you know, what tips that I have for them. And so I thought, hmm, I could tell them or I could go get certified in something or learn something to really support them. And that's when I became a certified health coach. Gosh, now I think it's been eight years, <laughs> eight years. Wow. And it was interesting because all of my clients, except for the first two, and maybe because I didn't hone my skills in that deeply at in the beginning, all of my clients, uh, no matter what we were working on, whether it was health, nutrition, sleep, energy, all roads kept leading back to their professional journey. Their career, their job was the source of why they weren't eating the way they wanted to, why they weren't sleeping well, why they had anxiety or stress. And so that's how I got into this space by just following what people were looking for rather than trying to force my way into something and just really listening to what it was that was truly getting in the way uh, of what people really wanted to experience in their life. Um, and then from there, it just had a nice little snowball effect. Right. What do you think um, your talent is innately before you were trained that even allowed people to want to gravitate to you and ask these questions and ask Ooh. all of the questions, right? The questions that were health related, but again, came back to their professional challenges. Yeah, I think it was my relatability. So I would also include stories about myself. So if you felt you were experiencing something or struggling with something, if it was applicable to me, I would let you know that, that you weren't alone and that 
you know, we're all battling or struggling with something and that also there's nothing wrong or bad with the struggle or, you know, not having what we want exactly quite yet. And then I also, I I have a knack of making it joyful, no matter Mm -hmm. how deep it is that we're going. And in some cases, fun. Yeah, we can have fun even though we're talking about some serious things. And and also that's a technique. I didn't even know it was a technique of, you know, we'll just call it dissociation mm-hmm. of ways to talk about or unpack or process what you're going through without actually taking yourself through your own experience. So I would say it was the rapport and being relatable and also finding joy and sometimes even finding fun in our time together. Right. So your company is called Evolve and you yourself did that in the business. So as you were working on this executive coaching business, what was it or at what point did you feel I'm going to evolve into a different level of the business? Yeah. Wow. Um, It goes back to my clients again. uh, You know, the people that I was coaching one on one, they were starting to receive extraordinary results in their life, in their business, in their company, extraordinary results with their relationships they had with their team and with their colleagues. And so they started bringing me into their company to either work directly with their team or to uh, facilitate or design some sort of a workshop or retreat or offsite. And that's how it gravitated. I always say I never wrote a business plan for Evolve. It just literally evolved from me coaching one-on-one and them wanting to bring me in uh, to further support their vision. And so the the two um, important, I don't know if I I should call them anchors, but the the, um, two of the important pieces of your business are change and self-worth. And I think a lot of people, a lot of businesses talk about the importance of change. And you'll hear a lot of um, coaches and leaders talk about the importance of change. But why is that continually, why does that continually to be a challenge for, for your clients or for the people that you come across? What is it about change that is so difficult for people to grasp? Yeah, that that's such, you know, for for me, I would say it is because it's new. You're entering a new territory. And for me personally, I coach senior leaders and founders of hypergrowth companies. So they're not the solo entrepreneur, have a few people on their team. They have many people on their team. And so when that happens, when you are the most visible or the person running or the focus, the visionary of the company, when anything new happens, it is just that you have not been there before. And when the, you know, we'll just call it your imposter or your ego catches wind of that change because something new has arrived, it wants to protect you. And in that protection, it wants to get you back into your comfort zone. So none of us like, well, most people don't like change because it's uncomfortable. And Mm -hmm. so what happens is that imposter or our ego brings us back to, uh, you know, safety. And I'm using air quotes for your listeners, Um, but it's not, it's, it's a false sense of safety because it's bringing you to a space of no change. It's taking you back into the comfort zone when that change 
it exists outside of your comfort zone. So you do need to stretch outside there, not forever. Yes, it's uncomfortable. And that's the reason why, because we are constantly changing. And one of the reasons I called the company Evolve is just because of that, as you mentioned about even my journey, that who I am today is definitely not who I was yesterday, last year for sure. And that's not who I'm going to be tomorrow or next year either. Now, the, the change from today to tomorrow is very nuanced, very different. Yet, sometimes people forget that there are new moments tomorrow that we get to create and new moments right now, new moments a minute from now. And we think that change is this big process or this big experience that might have me or what I'm up to see be irrelevant because I am now not the top dog. I am not the person who has all the answers. I am not the person who can do it all. And so if that starts to seep into your belief system, your imposter and your ego will pounce all over that. And there's two things that might happen. You will revert back, as I just mentioned, and go back to your safety, uh, your comfort zone, or you will attack and retaliate and try to make the new fit into what already exists. And I have such an interesting example of this, um, which was in my last corporate job. Uh, I was a digital strategist for an international hospitality company. And one of my responsibilities and big projects was to digitize the company. So take us off of like printing out spreadsheets and, you know, all the lists of, uh, you know, people who came into the restaurants and hotels. And I mean, these, there were 33 properties and they were still printing things. And so when I was introducing digital platforms for us to upload our data and to have it stored and then to start communicating more efficiently with our clientele, there were certain people in the company who resisted it. And because they resisted it and they were there longer than me, they slowed the whole process down because they were the ones who needed to actually use it, implement it, and uh, roll out the digitization. I was just the one who brought it in, you know, worked with the engineers and the developers to create it, yet it was their role as operators to actually use the product. And so <laughs> there was nothing wrong or bad with them resisting the change. They right. just chose to try to make it comfortable for them first. So they, Sonia, they kept printing things out and putting them in folders and filing cabinets. And so it just took a little bit longer. Right. So you've answered two things in that question um, for me. One of, one of which is I understand why it's important for you to go in and talk to teams, right? And not just talk to just the leader because they do have to get buy-in from everybody, right? Everybody on the team has got to change for you to be able to um, effectively move through any of these processes. But the other thing that I found interesting is that your, um, the, the pieces that you work with are change and self-worth. And so in that explanation, I can see why self-worth is connected to change. But I'd like you to explain that a little further for the audience and for me, um, yeah. the importance of self-worth in your coaching. Yeah. And so 
again, what tends to happen when something new or change or even crisis. So people, sometimes people don't understand when there's a challenge or a crisis happening, like layoffs are coming or we need to expand this product or roll it out and make the new version like Apple, I don't know, what's the iPhone at 15 or 16? Mm -hmm. That's change. And so that can feel like a crisis to our belief system. And so what tends to happen is when I feel uncomfortable or when I feel I am not enough or that I can, that's all that is, is your ego or your imposter protecting you so that you can go back into your comfort zone and be where you were before, where you can and you are enough. And so the reason we connect our work into self-worth is because first we want to give you a way through we want to describe what's on the other side of the transformation. And second, to know that that is the, the key element of what's happening. Because sometimes we resist change because we are unclear, we're mm-hmm. ambiguous, or we're confused. We just, I don't understand, so I don't, I don't want to change. That's the way I play it. When I, fall, you know, when I fall into my imposter or my ego, most of the time it's because I'm confused or I I. I make up that I don't understand in the moment. So instead of being grounded in my self-worth or being self-aware that this is happening, I will not ask questions. I will not ask for clarity. But when I am grounded in my self-worth, when I do, when my awareness is activated, oh, this is new. I don't know. I can simply ask questions. I can simply be honest hey, I don't know where we're going right now or what this means. Can can we slow this down or can we pause and just, you know, break it down for me into smaller steps or say it a different way or, you know, how we all learn in a different way. There's mm-hmm. that cone of experience of how we learn. Um, maybe I need a visual. Maybe I need you to write it down and I'll read through some materials But what tends to happen is we start to make up all these stories about how stupid we may be, how incompetent we might be, how we're a fraud because we can't answer questions or we don't know how to upload files into this new digital platform. And so when we, and, and so with the, uh, the self-worth piece, when you're grounded in your self-worth, you know that change means nothing about you personally, your identity, and it just means the environment, the work, the people, something is changing around you. It has nothing to do with you being good enough, qualified enough, smart enough, tall enough, none of that. It has nothing to do with that. And unfortunately, if you don't have this awareness or this body of work, you will, you might, you, I don't know, but it is highly likely that you might fall into your imposter or your ego of feeling, I can't, I don't know, they're going to find out. And if they find out I can't, I'm going to get fired or demoted or passed over for the next promotion. And so knowing that change can really evoke and provoke our imposter and our ego, self-worth, is the antidote or the remedy to that. Wow, that's pretty powerful, particularly since we often hear that uh, folks who struggle with self-worth, particularly at work, are minorities, women of people of color and women. 
But again, in your explanation, it sounds like that might be a challenge that a lot of different people um, have yeah. are, are challenged with. Um, is that something that you have found in the work that you've done? hundred percent. And in fact, the research shows that in this country, over 80% of senior leaders feel like an imposter. And that number to me was staggering, 80%. 80%. Because I, yeah, I, I had a perception that if you're a senior leader, this is before we put mm -hmm. this body of work, before I was executive coaching. I just always thought if you were a senior leader in a fortune company or you founded your company and now you're you know, you're in your series A or series B, you, you got, you got it all figured out. You, you're on top of the world. And through all of the coaching that I've done, you know, being behind the scenes, being their confidant, I would say 95% of them have told me how alone they feel and how much they, you know, how much of the pressure they feel as well because they think they needed to have all the right answers until they're introduced to this body of work where they didn't understand how honesty and vulnerability are strengths. They are gifts to the world and the environment that we're in. And especially, you know, there, there's two types of this imposter that come out that are either evoked and provoked from us. And one is the, the, common, uh, the common imposter, which is the I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, or you're afraid to be yourself in a moment. So when the, the stakes are high or you're feeling uncomfortable, you choose to be somebody else. You choose to conform or say yes or do what it takes to fit in, or you don't say anything because you don't want to rock the boat. And then the second kind is that toxic imposter, which mm -hmm. instead of you beating yourself up, instead of you internalizing the not enough, you take it out or project it out onto your team or your colleagues. Wow. And when you said, you know, it, it had, it affects minorities and what, yes, it affects us a lot. And so some of the things that people have said about us and our attitude or the way we act to me, I take, I take a, like a glance or like a, a scan, if you will. And I start to notice how is that person compromising their self-worth? Because sometimes the way we act or what we do is just a projection of what we're feeling and, and the crazy, or I should say the really interesting thing about self-worth is no one controls that except for us. No one can compromise your self-worth. No one can, you know, mess with it or control it. It is only you that can compromise your self-worth. So even if someone is being disrespectful Mm -hmm. or the culture or the organization isn't inclusive or equitable, no one, none of that can affect your self-worth because that has nothing to do with how worthy and valuable you are. And you always get to know that, how worthy and valuable you are. That doesn't mean how much you're paid in a check. That doesn't mean your title or right. being invited to certain meetings or you know, presenting or being the lead on a project it has nothing to do with that. And that's where we get into the sticky situation of really sabotaging ourselves when we think other people are doing things to us. And sure, mm -hmm. they might be being disrespectful. They might be treating us poorly. And that doesn't mean we get to compromise our self-worth. 
In fact, those are the moments where when you can stay grounded in your self-work, you're able to activate your critical thinking to actually work with the situation, confront it, be honest about it, call it forward so that you can reconcile it or resolve it rather than internalizing, well, forget them, screw them, or you know, it's never going to work here. I'm never going to get promoted. They don't see me. That's all you taking away from you. So there's an opportunity, of course, for the organization to step up their game, of course. Yet that's a whole different space. The organization gets to do that. And we get to be a part of that by staying grounded in our self-worth and really expressing ourselves authentically without the emotion. So really tapping into our emotional intelligence, we get to be emotional, yet we don't let our emotion, we don't get to let our emotions make our decisions. We get to be angry. We get to be passionate. We get to be afraid. We get to be nervous, frustrated, whatever that may be. And we get to also neutralize that so we can make decisions that are going to move us and the organization or the vision forward. Yeah. What are the breakthroughs like when you get clients to realize what that is and what the innate power that they have and that they get to make the choice, right? Yeah. Uh, so what are those breakthroughs, breakthrough likes when you get them? Or not yeah. when they get them, when they get them, not when you get them. Yeah, you just mentioned one. Uh, one of the biggest breakthroughs is when they completely understand and embrace all of this is a choice. No one is controlling you like a puppet. You get to choose whether you stay grounded in your self-worth and you take a stand for yourself. You let your voice be heard and seen. That is one of the biggest pieces. And when they also learn that it's a choice that they're doing this to themselves, because the toxic imposter will want to blame other people. Well, my boss made me do this. My boss makes me stay late. My boss this, the company this, the company doesn't pay enough. And and so that may be, yet that doesn't negate your value or you advocating for your value. Because sometimes we forget to advocate for ourselves. So that piece as well, because sometimes even leaders at the most senior level, they forget they get to advocate for themselves and more importantly, advocate for their people, their team. That's a true leader. You're advocating for yourself and the people for what is, I won't say what's right, but what is going to create a thriving culture and a thriving uh, environment. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What happens when the toxic imposter, I think I know what you're going to say, but when the toxic imposter is in a really toxic environment, mm. when it really is that bad. Yeah. Uh, chaos, turnover, people leaving left. and I mean, it's, I, I could spot those a mile a minute, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I love, cause I see those on social media. I don't know anybody currently in that space, but when I see someone ranting or, you mm-hmm. know, 
calling their, their organization or their boss forward on social media. I'm like, okay. And so I have had clients who the person they report to, uh, whether it's a C-level or a board member, and for my founders, uh, some of their investors who are compromising their self-worth and then they are being demanding or overworking and talk about a breakthrough one of the breakthroughs is having that knowing that this is happening to almost all of us. So also a breakthrough is developing the compassion to also understand, wow, this person most likely is not a jerk. They're probably not trying to grind us and that they're probably compromising their self-worth in some sort of way that has them showing up in a toxic way that is generating all these chaotic or destructive um results here on our team or throughout the organization, because that, that one, Ooh, we saw a lot of that in 2020 with change, right? That we didn't know if we were going back and we all needed Mm -hmm. to figure out zoom or some version of it. So there were multiple things happening to us that were new. And there was a lot of turnover, a lot of turnover in 2020. And not because your team or your organization was leaning out, but it was also the way people were being treated And not only being treated, but being treated in a time of mental duress. There were so many ambiguities and and unknowns during that time. And then if your leader or your team or your organization, the culture was toxic as well, a lot of people saw clearly and decided to leave. Goodbye. I, I don't need this. I am valuable. I am worthy. I know I can be a contribution and will be a contribution somewhere else. All right. All right. What would you suggest to, or the advice you would give to small businesses in terms of evolving their own business? Um, a lot of times small businesses can get stuck in, this is what I created. This is what I understand the market to be. And this is you know, what I'm delivering. And so the same way you were able to evolve your business and to grow it, and to, to, to change certain things about it, what would you recommend for any small business and for those things in their business, how to grow, how to evolve it, how to make those changes in it? Yeah, that one's easy, Sonia, because <laughs> I go through that every once in a while. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the best thing that works for me and for my clients that I coach is knowing what your vision is. And first, do you have a vision? What is your vision? And really the vision is, what is this all for? What has me doing what I'm doing? What has me creating what I'm creating? And really, when we make it bigger than ourself, and I think that's a trap that a lot of entrepreneurs and corporate folks fall into, they get too caught up in the me, 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 different than self-worth. But when we're we're looking at the results only for ourselves. And talk about another cone. I just talked about this yesterday. I'm showing a V shape, like a, a like a cone or a funnel. At the bottom is when you only focus on you. And down there, it's very tight. Hardly anything can get through down there. And so when you know your vision and you're connected to it, and when your vision is bigger than you. So for us, our vision is to create leaders at every level in an organization. Leaders who are... Uh, empathetic, compassionate, responsible, inclusive, and authentic at every level. So it's not about us. 
It's not about being the best executive coaches on earth. It's about what we can create out there in the world and give to other people through our services. And when you're able to actually operate off of your vision, that vision or the mission, you can handle the pivots and the twists and the turns and the change because you remember your why, your purpose, the reason you're doing this in the first place. And really the first step up from you is typically your family or your partner. That's usually, so that opens up that cone a little bit larger. I'm doing this for my family. Great. So it's bigger than me in, in one way. But if you can take it out to a very big space, because think about your company, your customer base is probably large, larger than your family, larger than your community. And even if it isn't, your community, what a beautiful vision to have to do something or create something to benefit your community. And when you think of it that way, rather than how can I, what can I, that puts that pressure and has that imposter and ego come out. Because then you are saying you have to do and be all the things when as a leader and as a business owner, we can't do it all. I do not know how to do my accounting. I have no idea how this internet thing is all, or my webs. I have no idea. <laughs> and so even as a digital strategist, I still would have no idea how to like connect all the things and, you know, and so when we realize we are not here to do it all, and when you're able to, to know that from a vision standpoint, which could also be called your strategy, that it's bigger than you, you take a lot of that weight and that pressure off. And now you can navigate through with a clear mind and with that growth mindset where if something doesn't work out, that's all it is. It just didn't work out. It has nothing to do with me. We just shift, we, piv we pivot, we collect feedback, and we move in a different direction. How did you evolve to that understanding? Because when you are talking about corporate America, if you're talking about founder and founding members of an organization, the goal is to win, right? It's to win at all costs, eat or be eaten. We all know how competitive the business space is. And, and not suggesting that people are, are, are acting unethically or, um, or, uh, but it is, there is this drive to be the best, right? When people are elevating in corporate America, there's, there's a lot of competition. And so what helped you understand that it doesn't have to be, that doesn't have to be the focus, that you can do this a different way and that this is something that you wanted to bring to, um, that you want to bring to your clientele? Yeah. I did a huge body of work in personal transformation and I went through a leadership transformation program where it was only four months, but I decided to stay in the container for two years because I just, wow. I, my mind was being exploded left and right. And one of the key pieces, which I didn't understand at first, but now when I see it in my life, one of the key pieces we focused on was philanthropy and being generous, like expressing generosity. And when I realized what we were actually doing, when you are focused on someone else and not yourself, so raising money for, you know, people who don't have homes or people who are hungry or, you know, animals or the environment, you are able to access so much more of yourself 
so much more of the fire and the the energy that lives inside of you because it's not about you. The, the attention is not on you. You are now raising awareness or funds or something for something bigger than you. And again, when we first start, I was like, "What? Are we, this is cool, but I don't get it until I got it. And by doing that over and over again, I started to connect with all of the issues that were going on in the world. And I started to see how really small my problems were or my breakdowns, my failures, all of that. And even given, you know, where we are in November, 2023 with the big world events that are going on, that when you're able to see outside of your bubble, we can, there's a way for all of us to win. And I like to start with how can I win and how can you win, Sonia? So even when we're having a conversation, I, I get to win or generate the result I want, but I also get to create the space for you to win and you to generate the result that you want wow. as well. We work together on that. And maybe that's not explicit, like, hey, Sonia, how can we win together? Right. But it's making sure that I'm leaving space for you to talk and speak. And I'm asking you questions so that you feel included, you know you matter, and you're getting what you need, even if you may not have the wherewithal or the confidence or security to create it for yourself, which again is what I learned through this body of work. And to me, it's been one of the most incredible things I've ever done. And I'm so grateful for it. And I continue to go back every year because if I don't practice this, it does kind of dull itself. So we always say we're going back to sharpen our saw or sharpen our tools up in our toolbox um, because the world can, can get really Uh, intense where you do just want to focus on yourself. mm -hmm. And I, and I'm an introvert. I know people tend to not believe me, but I'm an introvert. So I do require some me time and self-care time and and filling up my cup. However, when I do focus and and really can consider all of us here, and and I'm I'm a softie. I I consider the animals, the environment. I I like really deeply connected with all these things, but I, I haven't let go of me in that equation. I am part of all of this as well. So I think that's a, a grand, <laughs> a grand uh, way of answering your question. Yeah, no, I, I love it. It resonates with me. Um, it confirms certain things for me. I understand that um, philanthropy is a wealth principle as well. And so you going into that um, level of explanation is, is helpful. Um, what do you see next for Evolve? And what is your process for um, continuing, continuing to grow and um, serving your clients in very unique ways. Yeah, well, we are in it right. We are in the thick of it right now, Sonia. We just launched our new framework, Self Worth Advantage, and talk about new and change. I mean, I got to use all of our tools and resources and strategies on myself as we went through, and we're still in it, we're still developing and finishing up uh, things because we're, we put together our first online course and that was very new for me. Uh, you know, being the, the face or the principal of the company, I needed to structure our work in a way that was digestible for someone to learn. Right. 
And so as a coach and a guy, you know, a guide and a mentor, I'm used to delivering live in the moment. So whether it's one-on-one in a session or through a workshop or a retreat or an offsite, I'm used to just flowing with what's happening, you know, having a framework, but not having it so structured and in a time constraint as well. So you don't want it to right. be too long or people will. So we developed the self-worth advantage because again, of where our clients were going and really what we are experiencing as well is we all get to let go of this, am I good enough? And just really lean hard into this. I am enough. I am worthy. I am valuable because one of the things I've noticed for those of us who are underrepresented is we forget that part or we let it come out in a toxic way. And so really honing this in as to what it means to be, uh, you know, to be grounded in your self-worth and not to have it confused with being arrogant or, you know, because we, we did a lot of testing and research around this. And also it, it doesn't mean this whole woo woo thing that, you know, you're meditating in Kumbaya about your spirituality. It's not that either. And so the work evolved into, it is not just coaching with one of us one-on-one or having us deliver a corporate workshop or a a speaking engagement or anything like that. So we've made it more accessible in this online course, and we're going to start releasing digital products where you can engage in this work by just downloading a worksheet and having an exercise to take yourself through. Um, and you don't need to be a senior leader in a company, which is who we primarily work with. And eventually we're going to be rolling this out for other groups of people. So right now it's self-worth advantage for leaders, but ultimately, or eventually I should say, we'll be doing self-worth advantage for relationships because as we were putting this together, I was like, my imposter, when I was single, my imposter came out so many times in the dating. I, I made up so many stories about myself and and kept myself from love, from commitment, from this in, beautiful adventure I'm on now with my partner. And we'll also be doing the self-worth, the self-worth advantage for health and wellness because we make up these stories about not taking care of ourselves, and we need to do X before we do Y. Um, and then we'll do what we'll be doing one for entrepreneurs and for teens, but we'll be collaborating with somebody on the teen um, piece so that it is um, applicable for uh, teenagers. Because again, uh, a lot of the people in my life, I don't have kids, but a lot of the people in my life do have kids who are on social media and they truly are really dialed into how many likes and, you know, comments they get and they are using that to build their worth. And I would like to disrupt that and support them with knowing that has nothing to do with who you are. Sure. It's fun. It's interesting, but that has nothing to do how amazing and how worthy you are. And I would love for kids to learn that at a younger age than in their forties, almost 50, (laughs) trying to unpack and undo the things I've done to myself in the past. Yeah. So many things. I have so many comments about what you um, just said. First of all, I'm glad that you said this notion of I am enough is not just a chant. It does require work. It does require insight. And I would be interested in your course um, because it is a challenge with a number of different people. I had a conversation with a friend just last night where she was saying, I thought my issues were just connected to 
my love relationships. And I'm realizing that they are connected to my friendships. They are connected to my work relationships. And so there are these threads, right, that follow us all through our lives. And sometimes we just think that it's in one area, mm -hmm. right? But because we really haven't fully investigated or um, become aware of, of all of the other areas of our lives. Because a lot of times, particularly I think with work, we just go through the process. We think it's supposed to be difficult. We think the work environment's supposed to be toxic. It's, you know, we just kind of go through um, mindlessly. Um, when will your course be available? And, um, and as you said, what excited me too is that it's not just for senior leaders. It will be, although you'll be developing other, um, yeah. <clears throat> other, uh, uh, other forms of it, um, this is going to be something that, that a lot of different people can access. Yes. So the course is available now, meaning you can jump on the wait list, but it'll be ready to dial in and take uh, in December of this year, 2023. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> so even today we were uh, finishing up some video editing, um, but it, it's it's right, right after Thanksgiving, it will be ready. Okay. And what can people expect from the first course that's coming out? Yeah, the course is seven modules. It's self-paced, so you you know you don't have to, you know, it's not live. And what's great about it is that in almost every video, there's an exercise or a worksheet, something for you to get out of your head and to actually apply the work, practice, and really, I say this in one of the first videos. This work is not about you just thinking about it or watching me on a video. It's about you applying it to you because only you have the self-worth advantage. Only you do because it's yours because of that first word self. So there's seven modules. I think there's 12 exercises throughout the course and there's different levels to it. So there's even a level where you can receive one-on-one -on -one coaching from me as well. Um, and I, I'm so excited about it because there's also going to be like a private Q&A channel, which is anonymous. So no one has to disclose who they are, but they could ask questions about the material or about their experience because some of the uh, spoiler alert or hint, hint, some of the exercises are about going and applying with people in your life, specifically your team and your colleagues. And then you can come back and receive feedback or some ways to pivot or shift if uh, you need it. All right. What would you say have been some of your biggest lessons in, and, and this I would ask you to answer for entrepreneurs listening who are challenged in some way, looking to grow their businesses, um, maybe even a little frustrated in where they are, but what would you offer in terms of maybe a couple of your best lessons or um, breakthroughs that you would think could help them, help anyone listening? Yeah. I mean, the challenges, I still experience them, as I just said with this course, there's, there's never a dull moment. And for me, what really supported me was getting coaching around my mindset. So no business strategies, no how can I make my business better, but really taking a look into how I was thinking and what I believed about myself and my business, because that has been the quintessential tipping point for me. And also there's an excellent book called The Gap and the Gain. And I believe it's by Dan Sullivan. And that book right there is such a easy, simple game changer 
into understanding where are your thoughts right now? Are your thoughts in the gap? Are you looking at all the things that are wrong and bad and aren't going well? Or are your thoughts and your energy in the gain? Okay, that happened. Now, what really is going on? So getting yourself out of the gap, which you can't think critically down here. You can't solve. Your vision does not exist down here. And pulling yourself up into the gain where that's, that's what I meant earlier, operating from your vision. It's, mm-hmm. it's not in the gap. And don't get me wrong. We, me, I fall into the gap all the time. Right. Like, like when I recorded two videos, but forgot to turn the microphone on. So right. that was fun. We got to record them again. Um, so yeah. And then really just knowing that you are not alone, whatever you are experiencing, I've probably experienced it. Sonia's probably experienced it. Mm-hmm. The entrepreneur that's in your networking group has definitely experienced it. There is no need to carry shame around anything that you're up to because being an entrepreneur is one of the most incredibly brave things that we do in this country. This country started with entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. not, not the most savory entrepreneurs, but even after the, or during the pandemic, birthed a lot of entrepreneurs because a lot of people saw, I don't need this. I'm worthy. I'm, I got all the goods. I can be a consultant. I could be a freelancer. And just know it is, it is not easy being an entrepreneur and it is not hard, but you better believe it is challenging. And that's what we are designed for as human beings. We are here for the challenge That's why I'm talking to you through the computer from somewhere on earth and you're somewhere else on earth. It's because we love the challenge. There's no way I'd be able to talk to you through a computer if we were not here for challenges. I love that. It's not, it's not easy, but it's not hard. It is challenging. And that's why we're here. So thank you so much, Tiffany. How can we follow you? Stay in touch, um, purchase the course, um, and connect with you if we have a, uh, a, if there's a coaching opportunity to be with you. Thank you, Sonia. Yes. Um, you can find our work at selfworthadvantage.com. And you could also find me on LinkedIn, uh, Tiffany Hauser on LinkedIn. You'll see every which way to get in touch with me. And if you're on Instagram, you could also find me at Tiffany Hauser on Instagram as well. Okay. And for our listeners, that's H-O-U-S-E-R. Well, thank you so much, Tiffany, for this, for all of your insights. We would love to have you back once you've launched the the courses and have some more feedback for us. This was wonderful um, for the audience. I'm I'm going to speak on their behalf because it was wonderful for me as well. And so thank you so much for being here. Thank you as well, Sonia. And thank you to everyone who's listening. Thank you all for joining us. And we'll be back again next week with another dynamic guest. Take care. The Business First Podcast is hosted and produced by Sonia Aline, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business First Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcast. On social media, on IG, at business underscore first underscore podcast. Follow the Mean Old Line Media Podcast Network on IG at Mean Old Line Media. Get the Mean Old Line Media app in the App Store or Google Play. The Business First Podcast is a Mean Old Line Media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? 
Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.